So I've got a metaphor for you guys, but I'm not entirely sure what it is a metaphor for. So that's how you know this is gonna be a good episode. Welcome back to T-Rex Talk. Today we're talking about uh, a bunch of different things that all kind of fall, I believe, under a single metaphor. And this is something that I've been thinking about for a while as I've been researching land navigation in particular. As you may or may not know, T-Rex sells compasses and we sell protractors, a couple different types so that you can do land navigation. As I've been researching land navigation for the last little while, I realized something that, uh, actually, technically, we all know this. There is true north, and then there is magnetic north. True north is where north actually is on this planet, the actual rotation of the Earth, where the axis of the Earth that is spinning at a little over 24 hours every single day, where that axis uh, intersects with the Earth's uh, surface. So on the northern half, you know, in the Arctic Circle, that's the North Pole, and then down south in Antarctica is the South Pole. This is true north and true south. And then uh, we all know that the Earth has a magnetic field that runs more or less north and south. And so if you got a compass, you got a compass that points north and south. But it doesn't point directly to true north, it points towards magnetic north. And uh, that's going to be off by a few degrees, and it's going to be off by a few degrees one way or another way, depending on where you are. And as you travel, magnetic north is going to be off by slightly different directions, and then over time, magnetic north actually drifts, so it's going to be off, <laughs> you know, from, uh, from year to year as well. But that doesn't stop us from using compasses to navigate. We just know what that deviation is, what that declination is, and we figure it out. If you're using paper maps to navigate, then down in the corner of that paper map, you will have a number that tells you the magnetic declination, uh, and you will be able to figure out how you need to adjust for the magnetic north on your compass to the true north that's on the map. Although, technically, there's a third north. The third north is grid north. Because the Earth isn't flat, uh, the grid on your map points grid north. Very, very close to true north but not actually true north. If you put all these things together, you can navigate. Now the problem is, uh, when uh, we extend this, this land navigation metaphor to other things, I think, uh, I think the problem becomes apparent. It's very easy for people who don't understand land navigation to be confused by this. I mean, I think magnetic declination is relatively straightforward. Uh, at least I think that until I try to do something complicated like shoot reverse azimuths and then remember whether I'm supposed to add or subtract. It actually confuses me uh, quite a bit. But in general, we understand that when we say north, we mean a direction that isn't always super precise. Like when you say get on highways such and such north, that highway is only running north occasionally. The rest of the time it's winding around and doing other stuff, but north is right there on the sign. And when you say go north with a map, you know where north is very roughly. And as you navigate north to a location on foot, your path is also gonna deviate from the direct straight line that is true north. You're gonna 
going to use your compass to go, you know, magnetic north, but then you're also going to walk around trees and boulders and maybe ponds and things many more degrees than the deviation, uh, the declination between the magnetic and true north. But we all know that true north is a thing. It's a very precise, specific thing. And then the north on your map is going to be off by a bit. The north on your compass is going to be off by a bit. The north on your path is going to be off by a bit more. And if you're on a road, the north on the road is going to be off by even more. But that doesn't mean that we can't be very precise about what north is and then also be uh, helpfully expressive when talking about north when it comes to directions. The compass on your car, which is probably a terrible digital compass, uh, if it's anything like my cars, is going to give you eight directions. It's going to give you north, it's going to give you northeast, then it's going to give you east, and so on. It only gives you eight directions. It's going to be off by up to 45 degrees all the time. And as long as you know that that's the only thing that that compass is particularly good for, that is fine, because it still is helpful in pointing you basically north. And there's a bunch of other tools that exist when you're talking about north. One of them is uh, Polaris, the North Star. Uh, it points north, but it doesn't actually point towards true north precisely. It's usually off by about a degree, but that's way closer than magnetic north usually is, except for a few places on Earth. So there are a bunch of tools that you can use that point basically north, and you can argue about the nitty-gritty later. So here's where the metaphor comes in. Uh, in the podcast, in the past episodes, particularly I would say uh, when we have been talking to Dr. Kaiser about uh, goals for nations, if the moral code that we should follow is the Bible, then that is true north. And we have said that the American Constitution is not perfect, but it's really good. It is more like magnetic north. And there will be occasionally in-house debates between people like myself and Dr. Kaiser, and we will talk about the slight differences between Magnetic North, uh, U.S. Constitution, and True North, uh, the Bible and Scripture, and we will try to figure out, um, you know, some of the differences there. But that doesn't change the fact that when we're talking about what should we do right now today in our lives, uh, the Constitution is a much better direction for us to be going as a nation than arguing over the minutia of little differences. We could go right now north. If we know that we need to go north, you know, we need to go up and not down, we need to go in a northerly direction, and the Constitution gives us a really clear path. And it's helpful, I think fruitful even, to have conversations about the few degrees of declination between perfection, the little mistakes and errors that uh, we can see, sometimes better now in hindsight in the Constitution, um, than what perfection might actually be. But it still is a really good path and direction and a really good thing for us to get back to. It's like a compass. There's already a whole bunch of really good uh, legal precedent based on the Constitution. Uh, there's hundreds of years of people trying to interpret and follow it. It is like a compass. A compass is great for finding magnetic north, and we figured out how to navigate using that compass. So let's use it and not get caught into endless debates about the fact that it doesn't point at true north. Now, let's, uh, let's try to find some other <laughs> places where we can apply uh, this metaphor. When uh, you're on the internet and you're talking to friends or enemies, you're going to be having either inside debates or outside debates. You're going to be having debates with people who argue that we shouldn't be going north 
at all. And then you're going to be arguing with people who agree that we should be going north, and we're arguing over, you know, a percent here or a percent there. One of the great advantages of the internet is that it allows you to listen in on basically all the conversations that are happening between all of the groups. The downside is you as an outsider will often find yourself listening in on an inside conversation with context that you don't have. And that's where a lot of misunderstandings come about. Should we base our direction north on compasses, because we got to move fast and we all have compasses, should we base it off of the North Star because it's closer and more accurate to that true north? Or should we have a more philosophical, uh, scientific debate over how we use satellites to determine true north more precisely? These are all great conversations, and it's really important that uh, you figure out what kind of conversation you're actually having. Are you listening to two guys who agree 99.9% .9 of where North is, and they would like to get a little more precise? Or are you listening to a conversation between two guys who believe that North and South are the same, and there's no such thing as objective reality? To an outsider who doesn't have context, uh, it could actually be difficult to figure out which conversation you are listening in on. And I see a lot of internet conversations that are one way, and somebody jumps in and believes that it's a totally different type of conversation, and it goes the other way. I saw a comment on uh, Lucas's Instagram page. Somebody was arguing for no north, no true north whatsoever. And one of the reasons that he was uh, positing this for the Second Amendment community is because uh, all of the founding fathers were rabid anarchists who believed in no true north. He actually made the statement that George Washington and his buddies were more like mob bosses than anything else. Now this is completely historically untrue. These guys were the duly elected government of the colonies. And the duly elected government of the colonies was what was fighting back against the king. It was not a bunch of rebels. It was not a bunch of stragglers and anarchists and people who did not uh, have any common reference point for True North. It was guys who actually had the British common law as their base. They had their own legal structures and their own governmental structures in place. And they were making the argument from common law and from scripture that the king had unkinged himself. That was what was going on. It was a legitimate government pushing back against the illegitimate use of force from a government that had unkinged itself and was no longer legitimate. It was not mob bosses just shooting guys that happened to be wearing red coats. It was guys who were lined up, they had a true north, and they could see that their king, George III, and his parliamentary government were deviating from true north. And if you look at the American colonies pre-war and the American colonies post-war, the laws that they put into place, even the protections uh, that they put into the Bill of Rights later, directly stem from a desire to continue on a clear, direct path towards true north. The same true north that they had been trying to follow as colonies for the past 100 plus years. And that it was uh, Britain itself that was wanting to deviate into totalitarian territory. And the fact that all of the founders argued and argued and argued about the best way to pursue true north is not an indication that they didn't know what true north was or they didn't agree that there was a true north that they should be pointing towards. They were arguing over the best way to get there. What is the best way to actually restrain a government? Is it two branches? Is it three branches? What are some of the inalienable rights that people have that should be laid down in a bill of rights so that true north 
remains a direction that people can follow without any infringement from the government. They were arguing over the how, not so much the what or the why. And when guys on the internet who have no concept of this go back and they look at some of the debates inside of the Continental Congress and places like that, they see this very heated debate about how to achieve the best possible way forwards as arguments between people saying that there's no such thing as a clear direction. There's no such thing as an absolute standard. There's no such thing as uh, anything except just shoot whichever red coat is in your way. That is certainly not the attitude of the people who wrote <laughs> the Bill of Rights. Imperfect, though it may be. This happens a lot when it comes to religion. I see a lot of folks who are not uh, well-versed in Christianity jump into theological debates, in-house debates between people who are arguing over maybe not even uh, degrees. They may be arguing over decimal places. And someone will jump into that argument not understand what kind of conversation it is and say, the fact that you guys cannot get along proves that there's absolutely nothing to this Christianity thing. You guys cannot get on the same page whatsoever. You're contradicting each other. You're at each other's throats. And this is why I'm never going to blah, 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 blah. It would be like if somebody, uh, I actually picture this podcast in my head right now. If you found a podcast where a guy was like, guys, I have discovered something amazing. There is no such thing as North. Nobody can agree what North is. I bought two maps. They have different Norths on them. They're not even trying to keep their story straight. The whole thing is a lie. The whole thing is a crock. These people over here say North is this. These people over here say North is that. The whole thing is a con. It's a fraud. They've been lying to you for centuries. Throw away your maps. Burn your compasses. There's no such thing as directions. When in fact, a little bit of context proves that there are several norths that we use with different types of measuring tools and they, they all have a certain degree of accuracy and they're all useful for slightly different things. This isn't a postmodern thing. North doesn't become subjective. Uh, magnetic north is subjective, but it still is really important that we have an objective north. Everyone who understands that and understands the context understands why there's compasses that allow you to adjust your declination and there's compasses that don't and there's maps that say the declination is one thing and then maps for a completely different region or a completely different time have a slightly different declination. A little bit of context makes this all very clear. And then the conversation can be really, really constructive. And you can say to somebody, do we need to get true north absolutely positively figured out because we're drawing the boundaries of a country? Or do we need to get true north close because we don't want to get lost on our way to camp? Which brings us back to the larger conversation about community that we've been having at T-Rex and been having on the podcast. When we talk to different folks in the firearm community, the large, uh, blobby, internet firearm community. There are a lot of people who will argue very specific, precise things, but in language that other people don't understand is precise. They will talk past each other and they will think that they're on the same page when they're actually off by several degrees. And as long as people understand that that is what is happening, that's fine. But as soon as people decide to take this person's very fuzzy magnetic north and assume that what they mean is extremely precise, worked out, absolute true north, you can get into a little bit of trouble. One great example of a uh, sort of magnetic north is probably black rifle coffee or the NRA. 
If there's some guy who has never cared about guns at all and suddenly he starts drinking black rifle coffee and wearing NRA t-shirts, he is moving towards the Second Amendment community. But if you're already in the Second Amendment community and you've been doing this for a while, you know that the NRA is not your best ally and black rifle coffee is not very good either. But from the outside, this is moving in the direction of north. From the inside, this is, you know, a, a serious amount of declination. It's better that you switch to something that is a little closer to true north itself. And even the definition and understanding and interpretation of the Second Amendment itself, it's only a few words on a piece of paper, there is a, a tiny bit of fuzziness there. And when Second Amendment absolutists, like myself, talk to other Second Amendment absolutists about this fuzziness, some people assume you guys have no agreement whatsoever, but we're arguing over decimal points of accuracy. We're arguing over minutia. We're on the same page about a whole bunch of different stuff. Like when a Reformed Baptist guy like myself argues with a Reformed Presbyterian brother, somebody walking by thinks that we're about to be at each other's throats. We're arguing over decimal places. We might even be in agreement. We're just trying to figure out how many decimal places we should work out when it comes to, you know, whatever the issue is. Probably church government. Because I'll be honest, uh, the people that I agree with the closest, those are the people that I argue with the most about those last few degrees, the best possible ways to get there. We're not arguing over where north is. We're arguing whether we should go a little bit left around this obstacle or a little bit right over that obstacle. Those are the arguments that we're having. They're not about the destination. They're just about the practical steps of getting there. And hopefully outsiders know that that, that is true. We're not arguing over where we want to get. We're not arguing over the standards. We're not arguing over where the definitions come from. We're just arguing over whether we should cross that slippery log or scale that boulder. That's, uh, that's where we're at most of the time in my community. And I think those are the kind of arguments that you ideally have in a healthy community as well. You agree on the destination, you agree on the maps, you agree on the compass points, you are figuring out how to actually do the things that you wanna to do together. And it'll be just as much arguing as uh, when you're hanging out with the other side, but to a very different purpose and with a completely different framework. And so, as you consider uh, the larger gun rights conversation and you talk about um, church versus state, uh, the American Constitution versus some perfect utopia that we might achieve someday, what the Second Amendment actually means, whether or not these folks over here are allies or not, I think that the true north, magnetic north, Celestial North, etc. I think this might be a somewhat useful metaphor. It's actually a terrible metaphor, but it might be sort of a useful framework for thinking and talking about some of these different things. If I say to you, there's a forest fire coming and you need to go north, several degrees of error are still much better than not going north. If I want to tell you to get to a specific spot that is relatively large, like my neighborhood, uh, you need to be several degrees more accurate, but you don't have to be absolutely positively precise. Now, if you want to get to 
my campground, which is disguised with uh, various types of camouflage, you need to be considerably more precise. There's going to be times and places where high levels of precision are necessary and low levels of precision are acceptable. And yet we never get away from the fact that true north is an absolutely definable thing. When we say north, there is an absolute true north that exists, but sometimes a fuzzy head to the northern direction is sufficient, you know, with uh, hand grenades or artillery. And then there are other times when really specific headings that <laughs> very deliberately account for magnetic declination are absolutely required. And as we continue to talk about these things, I think that we will get better at defining what sort of conversation we are actually having. And as we talk about standards, as we often do here at T-Rex, the idea that there must be standards and there must be anchors so that your standards do not shift and drift over time, this idea of magnetic north and true north are extremely important. Magnetic north is a great, quick, fast, dirty way to figure out where we're going. You've got a compass in your pocket, you know magnetic north. And that's good enough for, you know, hand grenades and artillery and stuff, sometimes, you know, payload dependent. But you're only gonna understand land navigation properly and you're only gonna really trust your compass if you do understand what true north is and you do believe uh, that true north is a thing that is definable and it's knowable. Even though, yes, even the experts do argue over the best way to measure it, but they're not arguing over whether or not it exists and they're not arguing over whether or not they can get close. They're arguing over millimeters, you know, up there in the Arctic Circle somewhere on a piece of ice that is moving uh, in relation to crust that is also moving because it's on a tectonic plate that is moving. They still believe that they can find true north and they're arguing over the best ways to do it. And these in-house arguments are really helpful. They give us a whole bunch of data points that we can average together to find out what is actually true north, what is actually absolute truth. They believe that this absolute truth absolutely exists and there's some fuzziness there that we can work inside. The fact that there's fuzziness doesn't mean that we have to burn our maps and throw away our compasses. And the reason for that is because the fuzziness doesn't exist just because people say fuzzily that, you know, north is that away. Because somewhere inside of the fuzziness of our perceptions and our measurements and the limitations of our satellites and geographical information systems, true north absolutely exists. This is going to be true of standards that we want to develop. The moral standards that we develop to determine how and when we use lethal force, how and when we do this, how and when we do that, those absolute truths exist. And there's going to be a little bit of fuzziness around them from different uh, denominations and different groups and different internet communities. But if we are arguing that there are no standards whatsoever and north is just that away, and we can all point north in every which away, that's where there is a completely unworkable confusion. That's how you end up living in clown world, for lack of a better perspective. Right now, we live in clown world. Even though we have a constitution that is based upon the scriptures, which we still have and we still uh, really depend upon in a whole lot of different ways as a country, the idea that we reject these absolute norths in favor of just sort of fuzzy community-defined values that's where the fuzziness becomes not just a few degrees off, not just 10 degrees off, but 180 degrees off. And that's why you have arguments now that there's no such thing as north, there's no such thing as right, wrong, up, down, etc. 
So when you're talking about standards and you're talking about community and you're talking about uh, working together, whether you agree on those last few decimal places or not, this desire to arrive at an absolute standard, even if we can't define that down to the nth degree, is really important. And that is the thing that is gonna separate cohesive communities that can pull in a single direction, you know, a single direction plus or minus a few degrees of magnetic declination, or communities that tear each other apart and then tear everything else apart because they have to destroy all the definitions. Uh, it's, it's a metaphor. Still haven't figured out how to use it, but maybe it's the sort of thing that is helpful as a word picture. And if this metaphor is too fuzzy for you to follow accurately, uh, uh, just, just forget it. Just get yourself some maps and compasses, work on your land navigation and hard skills because those are extremely useful too.